Thank you for listening to Carter the Accountant, an economic development podcast sharing authentic success stories and personal journeys that celebrate all that it means to live a life. The big dreams, love, loss, success, financial planning, lost potential, and beyond. And now, Carter the Accountant, with actor, radio personality, former councilman, and consultant, Oliver Thomas. Oliver Thomas, the man, the myth, the legend. Welcome to the conversation. You, you moving around the city, huh? Man, uh, you know, it never stops, uh, uh, Brother Carter, man. And of course, you know, just like you in your life and Gary's life. Uh, yeah. yeah, but this was uh, so important. First of all, thank you for what you do. I know you're a homeboy there in Atlanta, but you can take the boy out of New Orleans, but you can't never take the New Orleans There you go. Orleans. And you know, I'm from the lower nine as well. From the lower nine, don't mind dying. Like there Fred Lewis said, I'm glad we changed our mind about that last part. <laughs> That's facts, though. So I want to get into it. I, I really want to start with, you know, what do you think about this general election that just happened? Um, you know, everyone in support of Kiva, but uh, Jason actually took it home. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, and what does it uh, mean for the city? I, I think, well, it means a lot. It's not really just about the city. I think the New Orleans election uh, is an indication of uh, where people are, especially when you talk about the uh, criminal justice system and accountability and uh, the voter independence. I think it's an indication of what, we, what we're seeing and feeling, uh, especially when she was being positioned and how a campaign was being positioned. I didn't mean, I didn't say it to mean that she couldn't win, but I said it to mean that they, had there been some concern uh, about uh, or through with her campaign, if they were really analyzing the election the way I did. Yeah. So, what do you think? What does that mean for the for the community, though? I think the I think the community's push man. That's just major pushback when you talk about the criminal justice system in general. Yeah. Uh, from the federal government uh, on down, the overturning non-unanimous jury uh, 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 is all a piece of that. But, but what I think it says is that there's some critical components within this community right now, especially of New Orleans, where you can't tell voters how to think, you can't tell them how to act, and you damn sure can't tell them how to vote. Right, right, right. That's what I love. You know, for me, I thought the reflection was the power in the people, you know, separate of all the political, whoever you side with from a political stance, you know, people made that ultimate decision. Well, I, I, now I think you said that, but I think I'll add to that, not just the power in the people, but I think this was one of those moments where the power was said, we, or where people said, we took the power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, your, like, let, me, like, let me ask you, considering, you know, your longevity uh, in the community and a political seat, do you feel that, um, one, the political world and versus the black community, uh, do you feel like it's on an upward slope or downward slope in terms of growth? I, I think that when you talk about the, the, the black community, uh, if you look at the numbers, and I talk, we'll talk about this on the Good Morning Show a lot, uh, it is obvious that when you talk about growth in our community, that at best, it's stagnant. Uh, mm -hmm. If you go to some of the stuff that, of course, folk like you and others who look at numbers that have highlighted for years, Claude Anderson, Kimball, Kimbrough, uh, we've not really gained much in 125 years economically. Right. Even when we've gained socially and politically. 
And I think the economic frustration of it, in terms, especially when you talk about the disparities in wealth that still continue, the disparities in education and, and access to capital, I think all of that is highlighted in voter frustration. So, so good point. So what do we do, like, going forward? I mean, you know, with this win with Jason, uh, Jason has a plan to, to change some of the legislation in, in terms of uh, the criminal laws. Uh, but what do you see in addition to that? Well, we, I, had, I had this conversation uh, uh, the other day. First of all, thank you for being forward thinking. Uh, he, it's not going to be easy for him to uh, make some of these changes. There's going to be pushback. Yeah. The criminal justice system and the prison industrial complex has relied heavily on, on our bodies right. in, terms of their, their, in terms of opportunity, in terms right. of economics. So they're not going to go away easy, even with all of the reform you see happening around the country and alleged reform here in Louisiana, black folks and um, black men still getting locked up at a higher percentage than anybody else. Right. All right. Yeah. So, so I think what the community has to begin to do is, uh, is have a strategy of how do we support this, this district attorney? How do we challenge our legislators, especially the New Orleans delegation? to put forth progressive legislation, even if it means it's, it's gonna fail, but to keep pushing forward, right? And and where is the community gonna be? Is this a one-off? Okay, yeah. do we just make a statement and, and do we go away? Or do we stick behind uh, uh, this district attorney and his progressive agenda with, with our votes and our time? Yeah, one thing we seek to do with the whole Carter the County campaign and our firm here in Atlanta is to uh, implement some type of financial literacy program uh, in the black communities throughout the US, uh, but we definitely uh, have a focus on New Orleans being that uh, my hometown. Uh, but one thing I always preach is financial literacy, consciousness, self-development. De You've been an accountant and dedicating your life uh, to money uh, and how it works for us uh, is critical. We need more of that. We, we don't, our relationship with money mm -hmm. A cash uh, ain't that good. We're not that sophisticated. Right. We used to have a better relationship with cash because if you look at the way our forefathers and, and our, our mothers and grandmothers and the elders survived, they had a better relationship with cash than we do today with money. Yeah. How can I say that? In 150 years, per capita wealth hadn't changed very much. Last year, uh, this year, uh, uh, last year, I think we was the first time in history Hispanic surpass the African community home ownership. If, if here in New Orleans, post Katrina, there's been a 10% greater disparity in earnings mm. between whites and blacks. So in, in terms of per capita wealth, we have some African Americans that are doing well, but but as a, as, as, a, as a class, as a culture, as a group, we've lost ground nationally. Why is that? Uh, first of all, I think integration, assimilation, uh, uh, the fact that truly, whether you believe it or not, have been conditioned that white ice is better than black ice, even though it's the same temperature. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that African-American businesses can't afford to make a mistake with the black community, mm. you know, it, 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 that one size yeah, yeah. fits all, yeah. all of them, all of them do this. Or our need to, uh, to feed the beast, how we've been conditioned, look. Two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on the sesame seed bun. McDonald's hasn't used that in 20 years, but I remember it. Really? It's the same thing with, with how we worship, how we spend our money, and what we invest in. That social conditioning 
still exists. And it's a lot more prevalent today because many of the millennials and many of our young people, they are victims and they are beneficiaries of technology. Mm. Victims and beneficiaries of technology. Absolutely. When you're a victim of technology, that means I just got to pr program my robot. When you're a beneficiary of technology, that means you know how to take advantage of technology for your community. Mm. That's impressive. I mean, so I tie that into, I think, you know, having that financial literacy, self-awareness building from within. That's why I think it's so critical, you know, uh, and I agree with you. Millennials are definitely tied to computers. I say they're chasing algorithms, you know what I mean? Uh, and they're losing themselves in the process. Well, think, think about, you know, look, uh, we shall overcome, we shall overcome. And that word that messes me up all the time, someday. Right. Why have it been so difficult to put a date, a time, and a year on it? Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and so, and, and so when, you, when you think about the, the need to assimilate, the need to belong, propaganda, advertising, uh, money, it is okay for us to kumbaya, but not to kumbaya with cash. Yeah. It's so okay let me for actually, us to, to get along, if, but not to get along with cash. Yeah. So if we had a three step, if we had a, sounds like a 50 step process, um, mm -hmm. what would be the first step? What would be the first three steps? Well, you just need one step and that is the willingness uh, for us to come together to take the step. Then the second thing would have to be, uh, well, the first thing has to do the, has to be the plan of the strategy to increase per capita wealth. Uh, uh, brother Carter, uh, I've always told people, I think we deal with uh, too many things globally and not look at what, where, where it is. Yeah. Let's talk about participation and access to capital and money. If we're challenged by the disparity, and I'll use DB participation, when you look at the nation, when you look at uh, state, when you look at it globally, we have these cities, uh, uh, we have these percent 25 and 35% that uh, goals achievable. But every time they do the study, they say we're only participating at about one, two, or three percent. Well, what if we dealt with the realities and we use uh, intellectuals and financial uh, minds like yours? We're only participating, like in New Orleans, with all the black mayors and all of the black elected officials and all the contracts, we still participate in only about two percent of the wealth. Suppose we had a strategy that said it's two percent now, but we want to get it to four percent. And when yeah. it's four percent, we want to get it to eight percent instead of dealing with a number that we never, uh, we never obtained. But there's an yeah. incremental strategy to impact the number in a positive direction each time. Yeah. I think that would be one step. And then the other thing has to be a social conditioning for black folk and for white folk that it's okay to do business with competent black folk. Yeah, and I can definitely uh, talk about that. Just, just starting my firm many years ago and just going through the, you know, we're definitely, much harder on each other, you know, unreasonable expectations, as I say. Um, I literally had a conversation with some, some group of folks last night about going the extra mile, not being over judgmental of each other, you know, really taking that ownership. But just like you say, I actually agree with you. You start with willpower. That's one of the mm -hmm. first things I say, you have to be willing to change, right? Everything Correct. starts with willpower. You can give any, you can give them money, you can give, but if there's no will, to want to be better, no will to understand, want to understand, want to learn, 
right. then it's not sustainable. You're just used to someone just coming along, writing you a check, or putting you in a mix with things that you're not going to sustain or even pass, right. pass the torch even. And then I think the third thing is continually highlight the examples of success. Okay, so there's a plan, there's a, there's a step, there's a willingness. And then that third thing is black folk and, and, uh, and, and white folks uh, and, and folk who want to, to make it better have to see the stories of success. Okay, yeah. they have to know where Carter the accountant was successful. Yeah. They have to know where public relations folk like them and, and, like, and marketers like Gary Watson were successful. We have to be intentional about highlighting those stories to the broader community so that we know that we can invest and take a chance on us and with us and for us. Yeah, there's a, there's a, uh, a, a school in um, a charter school in Sarasota that we're working with. Uh, it's K through five. And part of our curriculum is telling the black man's story. You know, it's mm-hmm. a school for, for young men Bingo. and they're using modern day men, uh, the modern day heroes, legends, uh, someone that they can actually relate to. So they're learning through a curriculum that that person can actually walk through that door. So we're not talking history and old, old school, old knowledge, although that's very important. Uh, but to have someone right in your face, that book I'm reading, that inspiration is right here in my school. Um, so that's been identified to be a very effective approach to that self-development, right? Look, look, we, look it doesn't take very much for us to highlight our failure or put uh, a, a, a face on a negative uh, poster uh, mm. uh, in, the, in the post office of a crime stoppers. Or when an African-American elected official, a businessman, a businesswoman makes a mistake, what about those uh, who've achieved? Uh, who, who, you know, growing up, myself coming out the Lord Knight Ward. So what keeps you inspired? I have to know. I mean, you've been in the game for, for a minute. You know, how do you, how do you stay in tune with that, that passion? Uh, you, uh, young folk like you. Uh, the fact that the ancestors, still, the ancestors still expect us to contribute. Yeah, uh, and do, and do our best. And uh, man, I'm from the Lower Nine, CTC, cross that canal. We don't know nothing about give up, you know. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little red, light skinned nine wall boy for life. You know, <laughs> you know and, and and hard work uh, is expected of us. You know, overcoming obstacles. You know, we had to cross that bridge to get anywhere. I'm telling you, ain't that the truth? And I grew up on Iganya Street, by the way. What under block? 1230. Oh, come on, man. You right around the corner, 1328 Andrew Street. Yeah, man. You know the Lamarots? The Lamarots? Oh, come on, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do I know the Lamarots? Absolutely. My, my brother was naughty, man. Was friends with your uncles and stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Theron is my cousin. Uh, I your, know your, Theron. Yeah. Your, your, your uncles, it's a, a bad little partner together. They're still hunting and fishing together. Yeah, that's them. That's I them all day. Like, you know, it only takes 10 seconds in New Orleans. You know, it's a small it's a small town, man, especially when you're from the same block, right? That's, hey, that's absolutely correct. And then, uh, no, no, hey, how we say in New Orleans, no bout of doubt it? Yeah, no man. No bout of doubt it. I've come such a long way, though, I'm, I'm, and I'm proud to tell folks I'm from New Orleans. You know, when I go back to visit, they ask me, where are you from? I say, I'm actually from here. It's like they don't even identify with me being from my own city. Uh, well, you know, that's, 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 
that's that's good in in terms of you and success, but that's also bad. And you know, you know, like I know, and I always tell people coming from where we come from, that uh, you survive New Orleans, you can survive anywhere. Uh, it's a grimy little town with a beautiful culture and a beautiful history, but when you talk about a, a black young black man stepping out his door uh, from our community to across the city, when you're able to survive, you've done something, you know. Uh, and uh, I'm not saying. Other communities don't have their tough spots, but when you talk about whose hood is the hardest, New Orleans, that little grimy, gloriously grimy town, it ain't no joke. Yep. I tell people that all the time. You know, me and Matt had a talk with Master P. We talked about the feel to need this, to, the need to leave the city to reach a certain level of success. You know, how do you feel about that? You think, you know, one has to leave the city to, to reach economic success? And that's a great question. You know, and I was one of the contributors on P's documentary. Uh, uh, a couple of segments, man, that, that dates the uh, BET special, man. Uh, 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 P and Percy Miller are the same person, but they're two different people. And uh, P is, is one of my young heroes in terms of how he understood the business side of the rap game mm. uh, and what he did with it. But I'm going to say this. Uh, I want a way to play ball. I couldn't wait to get out the lower nine. Uh, because in New Orleans, you know, from our family members, many of them, they never leave our hood. They never leave the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all they know is what they see on television and the Internet. Uh, I think I think for New Orleans, for our culture, which could be closed, I think it's important that New Orleanians uh, experience the world and get out there and see other places and then come back. Yeah. And, I think it, it's true. I don't know if I would be who I am today had I not left uh, uh, Brother Carter. Yeah. And uh, that's unfortunate, but that's the realities of New Orleans. I have a funny one for you. I went to Rob oh. Wayne in math and science. Yeah, yeah, I was a speaker for him, but I used to do, man, one year I did, I did seven high school, seven graduations, man, and, and promotional exercise. That was uh, one of the things I enjoyed doing, man, about contributing and sharing with young folk, especially coming from where we come from, to know that anybody can make it. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah, I definitely want to copy that picture. You, you damn near still look the same, brother. Well, uh, <laughs> and, 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 let, let, let me say this, man. Uh, uh, I've been intentional about trying to take care of myself. Uh, uh, my wife is a wellness expert, you know, and I got a, a 10-year-old and a 4-year-old. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, when it's I can't make any excuses, you know. I, I, and and my my father used to always say uh, once he started learning about health and stopped smoking, that if we if we practice good health, uh, if nothing else, you know, folk can be racist all they want, but if we practice good health, we're gonna be around longer than them. So we're gonna take it over anyway. There you go, there you go. I want to thank you for joining this conversation. We're gonna definitely have to have a part two. Uh, I'm going to be following your show as well, just learning some new, picking up some new nuggets from what you already, what you're teaching on your side. But I always like to end, if possible, with your favorite quote. I always say, you know, what keeps you inspired? Uh, Your favorite message, quote, Mm -hmm. um, something that you constantly go back to in your mind as a, a, it could be something your mom said, your grandmother used to always say. Uh, What do you hang on to that keeps you kind of moving through life? Oh uh, man, I man, I that's a uh, there, there are a couple of them, man, that I actually got get from my dad. Yeah. Uh, this uh, my father used to say, when we didn't want to show the initiative 
or the stick to itness or the energy to do stuff ourselves. He'd say, if you wait on a person who messed it up to straighten it up, you're probably going to be waiting a long time. Mm-hmm. Period. That's a new and one. Th- yeah. And then I'll use a quote that my mother gave me about family. Uh, my dad was, oh, oh, you know, and your people knew my dad, uh, my, my, you know, and, uh, all of my family. My dad was something else. He was an old street hustler man that committed his life to his family. But he could be impossible in the house. And this is important in terms of relationships and how our relationships are disintegrating in our community. And only 36% of our kids are growing up in the households with functioning adults. Right. First of all, we can't survive like that. I asked my mother one time, why has she dealt with my dad who could be impossible uh, yeah. as a black man struggling yeah. uh, with, his, with his attitude? Sometimes he was overbearing. When I asked her that, she looked at me with disdain. She said, why would you ask me that? She said, I don't deal with your dad because of him and me. She says, we deal with each other because of us. Mm. And the family and the us is more important than us individually. Yeah, yeah. There's always that third person in a relationship, right? There's you, there's I, then there's us. And there's us. And, 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 and she said that us and the family is more important than the difficulties him and I go through as individuals in the marriage and a relationship. Yeah. And uh, I think for our community uh, and for our families, uh, uh, we have to change the, change the course of our family. We have yeah. to be, begin to have strong units that's not, not just about the individual living mm-hmm. their best life, but about the children having a chance to achieve their best life and their destiny. I think that's beautiful. I, I, and I, when you say the, the person who messed it up to straighten it up, you'll be waiting for a long time. What I tell that's a lot right. of mentees of mine is the problem and the solution are two different frequencies. And we're mm-hmm. taught that if there's a problem, that we have to attack the problem and I say, you know what, forget the problem. Just focus on the solution. You know, and that's, that's the right. thing. Like we're, we're focused on who created the problem, who brought this problem to me, and how do we fix it, how do we attack it, versus release it back into the universe and focus on the solution. It's a whole different frequency. And my favorite scripture is also Matthew 25, 35, and 36. I put that on all my bios and speaking engagements. Uh, hungry, you fed me. Thirsty, I gave you a drink. Stranger, you visited me. Sick and infirm and in prison, you visited me. Stranger, you, you, you brought me in. Yeah. Uh, I think if that was being written today, it, it would be amended. If you needed affordable housing, which fixed it, you know, if you needed mm. to amend it, uh, uh, stop mass incarceration. If we needed uh, economic parity and equity, I think today the writer of that would add a whole lot other categories mm-hmm. uh, that would encompass a whole lot of uh, the pains and issues that people are dealing with today. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you, Mr. Thomas, for jumping on this call, man. Listen, it's been 21 years, but we made it. Man, just call just call me OT, and uh, like I told Gary, I would love to do a segment on my show, uh, on your podcast, man, where we can introduce you to our listening audience. Because, look, we look. I love having uh, elected officials and 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 business folk and and being representing the African community, but we need folk who understand how to strengthen our relationship with money. Yes. Uh, uh, look, this civil rights time. You know, may, you know, as much as it may be about voting and access to all the social things, if it's not about access to cash and improving our social standing economically, yeah. then all those other gains don't mean anything because until they come up with a new system, it's still a capitalist system. There you until go. they come up with a new currency that takes over, cash is still king. We need to wear our crown. There you go. Touche, brother. Appreciate you, man. God Next bless you, man. Tell your family I said hello. Tell Sean and everybody hello.
I sure will. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Carter, the accountant. We envision a world where essential and transformative powers will help people turn nothing into something. Follow us on Instagram at Carter, the accountant.